This morning we're going to change the subject. We're going to be preaching on neither give place to the devil this morning. Ephesians 4.27 says, Neither give place to the devil. This morning will be more of an introduction to this subject. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, least Satan should get an advantage of us. When you give place to the devil, he takes the advantage. For we are not ignorant of his devices. We need to realize that Satan has many devices to trip and trap the children of God and to tempt us. Satan is the head of demons and led their rebellion against God. He now leads them in propagating evil in this world. He's called in small g the God of this world. According to scripture, Satan was a particular powerful and high-ranking angel who led one-third of the angels' hosts to rebel against God. Ephesians 2, 2, it says, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. The heart of disobedience comes from Satan, who works in the children of disobedience. And as we read about uh, this rebellion, we read in Revelation chapter 12, there's some comments there that would help us better understand the warfare that's going on. In verse 1, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And then appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, for devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth the man-child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up into God, into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared of God, and they, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there any more place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He has cast out into the world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels was cast out with him. This is a little picture of the spiritual conflict going on in the world. Most people have no idea what's going on spiritually in the world. You remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus said this, and he, he was there in the beginning with God. He was God. So he beheld that when Satan was cast out of heaven, he was there and beheld it, showing that he is the eternal Son of God, Jesus Christ. 
And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. That's how we overcome today, by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, your testimony for God. And they love not their lives unto death. You have to be willing to die for the Lord. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now, if you're wondering why the world is in such a mess, it's because of the fall of Satan. It's because he's been cast down to the earth. He is the one that's behind all the wickedness and ungodliness and worldliness in this world. And as we look at some of his names, we're going to go over some of his names this morning and get a little understanding of what's going on in the world. Satan is the Hebrew word that means adversary, your adversary. Scripture also refers to Satan as the devil, and it's got the definite article, the devil. Matthew 4.1 says, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, the devil. And he's the tempter. Then the devil's taken him up into a holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. The devil was the one that tempted Jesus in the wilderness. He tempted the Son of God to see if he could cause him to sin. But there was no sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had power over sin. And he yielded not to the devil, to his uh, uh, being his adversary. And he's been an adversary ever since... Uh, uh, before he came into the world, he's been an adversary. Remember, Pilate asked Jesus the question, what is truth? Truth is of the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus says, Satan is the father of lies. All error, root, is in Satan. He's the liar from the beginning. He's called the serpent. In Genesis 3, 1, it said, now the serpent was... More subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So the serpent, who was the serpent? It was a snake. And uh, Paul explains that in Second Corinthians 11.3. It testifies who this serpent was. He says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent begotted Eve... Through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Satan was in that serpent tempting Eve. Hath God said? He always questions the word of God. He always questions God. He's called the great dragon, as we see in Revelation 12, verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The dragon, the pictures you see in some of the books of the dragons, how vicious they were, and, and they had fiery dragons, and uh, he's pictured as the great dragon. Dragons were to destroy and to kill, and that's his uh, his view. Satan is to He's the great dragon over to, to destroy and hurt God's people. 
Revelation 20 verse 2, it says, And he laid hold on the great dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. Here we see he's called the dragon, that old serpent, and the devil, and Satan. All in one verse. You get a description of the enemy that we are up against. And beloved, as we, many of us has preached in Ephesians chapter 6 about putting on the armor of God, I hope this will lead you to realize the importance of putting on the armor of God daily and keeping a short account with God. He's also called the prince, prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2, 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air. Everyone is born in sin, born under the control of sin, born under the control of Satan. Satan uses us and, and, and leads us into sin. We're born in sin and he moves us in that direction. He's called the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. There are those that are totally disobedient, totally yielded to him, and are following him. And remember that the Lord said that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. Those that follow Satan will follow Satan into hell, every one of them. He's called the God of this age, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. That's a small g. In whom the God of this world or age hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. At least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. When did he blind everybody in the fall of Adam and Eve? Everyone was blinded from that point on to the things of God. Unless a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Satan is the God of this age. He's a, it's a small g, and he's influencing the whole world. The whole world comes under this world in bondage and sin, dead in sin, cannot see things spiritually, they cannot understand things, and only God can set them free through regenerating grace. He's called the evil one or wicked one. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 19, he says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. And cast the way that which is sown in his heart. This is he that will see seed by the wayside. He says in verse 38, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. We have to be careful as children of God because Satan is continually trying to put tares in our lives to, to destroy us, to bring us down, to draw us from God. You say, what's the purpose of tares? Why does Satan use them? He uses them to, to cause us to fall and to stumble and to, to get our eyes on the world and on the things of the world and get them off the Lord. So that's the one way Satan uses tares. He uses other people to hinder our spiritual growth and to tempt us. Beloved, we have to be so, so aware of this. John 17, 15, the Lord prays. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil or from the evil one, which is Satan. Ephesians 6, 16 says, Above all, taking the shell of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts, darts of that wicked, which is, can be translated the wicked one. Satan throws his darts at us, 
And by the shell of faith, we can quench those darts. But if you don't have them on, the shell of faith, if you're not clothed in the armor of God, if you're not walking with God in fellowship with God, Satan will get the advantage over you in your life. Beloved, it's very serious battle that we're in. He's called the prince of demons. Now, in the King James Version, the word devils means actually means demons. Could have been translated demons. Because there's a difference between the devil and demons. There's only one devil, the devil. It's got the definite article. There's many demons. In Matthew 9, 34, but the Pharisee said, He casteth out devils, that means demons, through the prince of the devils, referring to uh, to the uh, Satan, Jesus was he was being accused of casting him out by Satan. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, "This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Elzebub, the prince of the devils." You can see that's another one of his names, Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. He's evil and wicked, and they were accusing him of casting out devils by Beelzebub. And Jesus warned them that to sin against the Holy Ghost can never be forgiven, not in this world, neither in the world to come. They were accrediting what the Holy Spirit was doing to the devil. And that was blasphemy before God. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils cast them out. Mark 3.23. And then in Luke 11.15 he said, But some of them said, He cast thou devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. You can see why there was such a uh, curse against the Jews, against them, because they hated God, they hated the image of God, and they accused the Holy Ghost, uh, applying the Holy Ghost to the devil, that the devil was the one doing all these things that Jesus was doing. And Jesus said, you'll never be forgiven, not in this world, neither in the world to come. This battle has been going on ever since the Garden of Eden, as we're going to see as we continue these studies. It's been going on all the way through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, all the way down to this present time. The battle is still going on. He's called... The accuser, Revelation 12.10 says, And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. He accuses them. You know the story of Job, how the devil went up before the sons of God and he accused Job. He said, oh, you've got a hedge around him. You've got a hedge around him. Touch him, touch him, and he'll curse you to the face. And you can see that's his, he's been doing that even Job's supposed to be the oldest book in the Bible, basically, even before Genesis. So we see that the tempter, the accuser, has been doing that business for thousands of years, going before accusing uh, before God. He's also called the tempter. Tempter in Matthew 4, 3, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Who is it that tempts you and I every day? Who is it that's working behind the scenes? Who wants to make you fall from your steadfastness in the Lord? Who wants to destroy your testimony for Jesus? It's the tempter. The tempter. His name is the devil. The serpent. The wicked one. The evil one. Lucifer. Oh, beloved. We have to be on our guard because, as Peter said, he is a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We are in a spiritual conflict, beloved. 
This is why it's so serious that we obey God and keep His commandments. It's why it's so serious that we confess our sins on a daily basis. Don't give advantage to the devil. He takes advantage of those situations. And he works overtime to bring us down, to help us, to keep us from being steadfast, to keep us from growing in grace and knowledge of Christ, keep you from the Word of God. One man says either sin will keep you from the Word of God or the Word of God will keep you from sin. One of the other is taking place in our lives. It says in First uh, Thessalonians 3, 5, For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith. This by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. They knew, Paul knew that Satan was a tempter, and he was continually tempted the early church believers to, uh, to, to leave the paths of God, to leave, leave serving God, and to serve the world. The tempter, having tempted you, oh, beloved, you're not aware of all the times Satan has tempted you and tempted I. To leave the Lord, to leave the church of the living God, to go back into the world and serve the world. Beloved, He's always tempting us in these areas. You know, the warning of Paul said, Therefore let him that thinketh he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Every one of us have to be on our guard. None of us are exempt from Satan's temptations. You never know when Satan will appear as an angel of light, as your best friend as a preacher of righteousness to drag us away from the truth. Oh, beloved, we have to be on our guard. Like other angels and demons, Satan is an invisible being who is highly intelligent and very powerful. He's not as powerful. He's not on the same level with God. There's no such thing as he's on the level with God. He's under God's sovereignty. God is in control of Satan. And Satan can only do what God gives him the authority to do, permission to do. But you and I have are no contest with the devil. We have to come in the name of the Lord. The Lord rebuked thee, even said the angels. Satan was responsible for tempting Eve in the garden and leading humanity, our first parents, into sin. Though Genesis never explicitly identifies a serpent as the, uh, the uh, wicked one. Satan, later scripture identifies the ancient serpent as Satan, Revelation 12, 9. We read that early in 22. As you compare scripture with scripture, you can see who the serpent was. It's Satan, the devil. As it says in Revelation 12, 9, we read this earlier. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil, the devil, and Satan which deceiveth the whole world. Who's deceiving the whole world? You know, John says in First John, the whole world lieth in wickedness. Our government, beloved, is under the authority of Satan. He is controlling the governments of this world. That's why we see our, we see our leaders propagating evil and wickedness and ungodliness and hating righteousness. They're called evil good and calling Good, evil. We're seeing that fulfilled in our generation. It's taking place right now in the United States of America. Sin is becoming rampage in the United States of America. There's nothing, 
anything as vile and wicked has taken place in the United States of America. And it shows that God is removing His restraining hand from America. Beloved, this country is headed for judgment. Our country is headed for judgment. God will one day bring judgment upon America for the sins that we are committing today in the past, and we are becoming more and more wicked. What did God do in the Old Testament? He brought judgment upon the nations that didn't serve Him. He brought judgment upon His own people. And beloved, if we don't repent and get right with God as the nation, God, I do believe, will bring judgment upon America because of this spiritual warfare that's going on because we see more and more the wickedness of our leaders leading the nation into sin and ungodliness and wickedness beyond our even our imagination. Oh, beloved, things are happening today that I never would have dreamed of when I was a young young man. The wickedness and the vileness and it's being publicized. This is the norm. This is the way it should be. And we're, they're spending millions of dollars on abortion to kill innocent babies in the womb. And beloved, this is something you can never imagine years ago that this would be taking place today. Not only that, our nation is sending money over to other nations to do the same. All the wickedness of the United States of America. Beloved, don't tell me that this is a Christian nation. It's not a Christian nation anymore. It's a wicked nation under the control of Satan, Beelzebub, the devil, the wicked one. He's working in the children of disobedience. And all those basically in our governments are under the control and influence of Satan. That's why you're seeing such a manifestation of evil in this present time. Paul said they shall come falling away. And we are seeing that falling away. Some shall depart from the faith. Denying, denying even the Lord. But beloved, we see that today. Many are denying good. They're denying righteousness and they're, uh, they're exalting evil. They're exalting wickedness. This is the story of the hour. Godliness is went out the window and ungodliness is being lifted up as the norm. Oh, beloved, we are in, we are in horrible condition in this country. Paul says, Since his initial rebellion, Satan has continued to work against God's righteousness and saving purposes in the world. His activity opposes the propagation of the gospel by blinding unbelievers to its truth. Second Corinthians 4, 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. This took place when the fall of Adam and Eve, as I said before. There's when all the world was blinded. They were blinded and Jesus says, and Paul is preaching in his truth, unless the glorious gospel of Christ who shine in their hearts and oh, give them the knowledge of Jesus Christ until God shines in their heart, all men by nature are blinded to the things of God. They're blinded to the gospel. They're blinded to the glory of God. And their hearts follows after unrighteousness. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. But beloved, when Jesus commands light to shine out of darkness, it will shine into their hearts and give them the glory of the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a Savior we serve. Another thing we see of Satan and the demons, they persecuted the church of the living God. And even Paul, that's one thing that he never could get out of his mind, that he persecuted the church of God. He always had that burden and that sorrow that he persecuted the church of God. 
the body of Christ. Paul, Paul, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? When he was persecuting the church, he was persecuting the Lord Jesus Christ, his body, his people. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 7, At least I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation that was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul had such knowledge of spiritual things. He was taught by Jesus Christ personally. He had gained such spiritual knowledge that it, Lord, to prevent him from getting so puffed up, sent a messenger of Satan to buffet him so he wouldn't get so exalted above measure. He wouldn't get filled with pride. See, that was the downfall of Satan. I will exalt myself above the Most High God, he says in the Old Testament. He said, I will be exalted above God. I will be a God. And that's his goal today. He wants to ape God. He wants to copy God. He wants to be like God. He wants to be God. In his sick mind, he thinks he can overthrow God in the grace of God and overthrow the church. But beloved, we are more than conquerors through him that love us and died and gave himself for us. So we go on to see that the message of Satan to buffet me, least I should be exalted above measure. In 1 Thessalonians 2.17, he says, But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavoring the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again. But notice this, Paul said, but Satan hindered us. Now, we don't realize it. Satan hinders the church of God in many ways. Satan hinders you as a Christian in many ways. He'll use tares and and he'll use people to hinder you in your spiritual growth. He'll use the world to draw you back into the world. He'll use the lust of the flesh to draw you into sin. And beloved, we have to keep our eyes on the Lord. Paul said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down into the right hand of God. Beloved, we must keep our eyes on the Lord in this wicked age we're living. Because we're all liable to fall. We have to realize, by grace we stand. By grace we stand. If we get lifted up with pride, you know, the Scriptures teach pride comes before a what? A fall. And that's why Satan fell. Pride first and then the fall. If we get lifted up with pride, then we're going to fall. And there's different ways that pride is, pride is, is exhibited. One thing, if we act independent of God's will, that's pride. We're acting out of pride. We're putting self before God. And when we put self before God, we're acting by pride. And pride brings a fall. We're falling from our steadfastness. Also, in Revelation 2.10 it says, For none of those things which thou shalt suffer, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. And we know the church history, how many believers and have been persecuted and beheaded and cast into prison. Even Paul himself was cast into prison for the glory of God. And the disciples, most of them all suffered a violent death. That you may be tried and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee the crown of life. Beloved, the history of the church of God has been persecution down through the ages. If you want to get more of it, more of it, read the Fox Book of Martyrs and see how many Christians have been suffered down through the ages and they were burned at the stake. 
They threw children over into the stones and killed them. They destroyed whole families. Women were destroyed and killed. They poured tar on them. They burned them. Oh, beloved, the wickedness of the world and their hatred for God is seen in the persecution of the church of God. And this is true even today. When you hear some of these countries like Iran and North Korea and other nations, how they hate the word of God. They hate the word of God. They hate the Bible itself. They don't even want that to be in their, in their, in your homes. One, one family was arrested and put in prison and they took the child and put him in, uh, uh, in jail and locked this child up because all they had was a Bible in their house. Just for having a copy of God's word. Oh, beloved. Some we should thank God for the freedom that we still have in America to worship the true and living God and to read the word of God and be faithful to God. May we be found faithful when Jesus comes and hear him say unto us, well done, my good and faithful servant. That should be the prayer of each one of us, beloved, this morning. He also is promoting false doctrine, and we see this in our age. In John eight forty four, he says, you of your father the devil... And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Notice, he abode not in the truth of the Son of God. Because there is no truth in him. He is the wickedness, the embalmment of error and lies. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Beloved, everything coming into your life is either of Jesus, the truth, or of the devil, the lie. You must judge spiritually into your life. Is this thing in my life of God or is it of the devil? And you can be sure for one thing, if it's of the devil, it was sent to destroy you, not to help you. 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Yes, there's doctrines of devils being taught in churches this morning throughout the land. They're teaching false doctrine. They're teaching a salvation by works. They're teaching a salvation depends upon the free will of man, and God has no part in it until they make a certain decision. In other words, God is sitting around waiting for them to do something. Beloved, if God doesn't give them life from above, they'll never do anything because they're dead in trespasses and sins. Jesus says, you will not come unto me that you may have life. You will not. He said, no man can come unto me unless the Father which sent me draw him, beloved. It takes the salvation, the power of God to save any soul. Satan's activity seeks to incite Christians to fall into sin. Oh, beloved, that's his main purpose is to cause us to fall into sin. Myself, Brother Dave, Brother Roger, each one of us, he's continually seeking to entice us to fall into sin and is constantly attempting to ensnare them in unrighteousness. Second Corinthians 11.3 says, But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent begotted Eve through his subtility, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The truth is the only safeguard we have against Satan, the truth. The simplicity of the gospel. He's constantly trying to draw us away from the gospel, from the things of God, from the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and truth shall set you free. Oh, beloved, this we are in a spiritual warfare. Satan is also an accuser, calling the faith of the Christians into question before God and accusing them of sin. You know the story of Job, one through 
uh, verses 9 through 11 in Revelation 12, 10. Satan is always accusing us before God as he did Job. Oh, he serves you because of your goodness to him. Touch his body. He'll curse you to your face. And his wife said, said to Job, why don't you curse God and die? Even his own wife turned against him. Oh, beloved, Satan will use any instrument, any way he can to discourage the children of God. And you just wonder, why do some of these things come into our lives? Satan is trying to discourage you. Discourage me. And that's when he gets the foothold. See, discouragement brings on fear. Fear brings on unbelief. And then Satan has got the foothold. He's got the place. Don't give place to the devil. And anytime we give in to fear, we're giving in to the devil, and he takes the advantage. He watches everything. You know, he watched Christ, and at a particular moment, he attacked Christ in his weak moment when he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was, he was needing food, he was needing strength, and here comes Satan. So don't be surprised when you're going through a trial that all of a sudden here comes Satan tempting you at the very weakest time of your life. But one good thing about it, Jesus says, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Remember that. We'll be dealing more and more with these different avenues of of, of how to get victory over the devil and how we can overcome him and recognizing his strategies or his plans. Also, we see... Satan is also an accuser calling the of Christian in quest. Well, I read that one, Revelation 12, 10. As a created being, Satan, though powerful, is not equal with God. You must remember, he's not equal with God. Instead, like the other demons, he is wholly subject to God's sovereign will. Every being in this world, whether it be the devil himself or demons, every one of us, we're all are subject to God's sovereign will. Everything that comes into our path, we even under the providence of God, we don't understand it. But it falls under the permissive will of God. God permits things to happen. And some things we don't understand, but God will get the victory in the end. And this is a good thought. Upon his return, the Lord Jesus Christ will completely defeat Satan and the demons, and cast them into the lake of fire. Uh, Matthew eight twenty nine. he says, uh, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come here to torment us before the time? They knew, they knew that there was going to be a, uh, uh, a, a uh, torment was coming for them, a persecution, that they was going to be persecuted before the time. And then Matthew 25, 41, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Depart from me, you cursed. Oh, beloved, that's going to be the hardest words of anyone to ever hear. When Christ says, Depart from me, you cursed, into the lake of fire. In Revelation 20, verse 20, And the devil that deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. Let me read that again. And the devil that deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. His day is coming. There's a payday coming for Satan. Fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophets are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. 
In Luke 10, 18, he says, He said unto them, I beheld Satan is falling from heaven, and that will be his final fall when he's cast into the lake of fire, Gehenna, forever and forever and forever. And just for a few thoughts, I'm going to bring a few things out about demons. Demons are not the devil, but they're fallen angels that which went along with with Jesus. It, I mean, with uh, Satan. Satan was continually dragging uh, other falling angels, and they followed him. It said a third, a third of the uh, angels followed him, and uh, we just have to take that for what it says. We don't understand a lot of this, and because of that, there's been a continually warfare going on. You know, in the book of Daniel, Daniel was praying to God and he was hindered. The angel said, "We, you was hindered because we were fighting against the demons and devil uh, to, to answer your prayers. Your prayers was heard, but we had a battle. There was a spiritual battle going on, beloved. Daniel says in chapter 10, verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and twenty days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief priests came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man, and he strengtheneth me. Oh, beloved, this angel strengthened Daniel when he was praying, when he was going through this conflict because of the demons. They tempt people to sin, Ephesians six eleven. And deceive that the whole world which lies that bind people to spiritual truth. First Timothy 4.1 we read earlier. Scripture also speaks of demons physically assaulting people and even possessing people to do their will. You remember reading in the New Testament which, where people were possessed by the devil and Jesus, demons and Jesus cast those demons out. And 2,000, 2000 of them went into the, to the hogs and they went into the water. Oh beloved, there's many things in the word of God we can see. In his sovereignty, God employs the demons to carry out his good and holy purposes in the world. Behind Satan is a holy God. He's under his control. He will not put more on you than you're able to bear. There's no temptation taking you but such as common to man. But God is faithful who will not tempt you to be tempted, tested above that you're able. But will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it or endure it. That's God's promise. Believe it. See, when you get your eyes off the truth and you believe a lie of Satan, then that's when fear comes in, unbelief comes in, and he conquers you. Paul says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, looking unto him, look away from everything. Look away from the lies of Satan. Look into the word of God. Anchor your trust, trust in God's word. And Paul says in Romans sixteen twenty. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. There's a promise. God shall bruise Satan under our feet shortly. Shortly. And you know, even the apostles was amazed. that It says, even the devils are subject unto us. The demons shows you the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ going out in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why we cannot save anyone. We do not have the power to save anyone. Our responsibility as elders of the Lord, as ministers, is to preach the word of God. Paul told Timothy, preach the word in season, out of season. That's what we're to do. And the Holy Spirit is the one that regenerates the heart. The gospel is heard. That individual by that faith which is given them in regeneration lays hold of that gospel message and believes it and follows Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 
Beloved, we are in a spiritual battle. I just gave you a little introduction this morning to Satan and his different names and how he's working. And we'll look at these things more particular in the coming weeks. May we pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. We pray that you'll give us wisdom in, in our Christian life, that we won't be ignorant of the devices of Satan, that we'll read the Word of God, study the Word of God, make sure we're clothed with the righteousness of Christ, make sure that we put on the armor of God, using the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you've given us, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthen us. In his name we pray, amen. Does someone have a song in closing?